Amen. Thank you for that. Let's open our Bibles, please, to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, we're going to begin reading in verse 1, and we'll read responsively through verse 5, and the fifth verse being the text verse and the title. Uh, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1, and shall we stand please for the reading of God's Word. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So you have in verse 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And then it says, Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Who is he that overcometh the world? Pretty amazing statement. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the message, encourage your people, help us to see the potential uh, in Christ, in faith, of being an overcomer, an overcomer. We pray that you lift us up, help us to see how this applies to us uh, individually, different aspects of our life in real time with the practical application and discernment of understanding. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Who is he that overcometh the world? I want to encourage you tonight. This applies to every one of us. I know that this has really helped me in my life. And this is a, a way of life. And the Bible tells us that the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. So your spirit that you choose to live life by that fervency or intensity, the type of spirit that you live your life will either make your problems last longer or they will shorten them. And it's a lot about attitude. They'll tell you this if you've been to the oncologist ever dealing with cancer, a big part of the battle is your attitude toward uh, the situation and about your own life. So if you're negative and pessimistic and you're down, this could sustain it and make it last longer than it should or would. But if you have a good attitude, positive, uh, with your thoughts and your spirit, this could shorten it. So no matter what obstacle you face tonight, I want you to think about that as we begin the message what obstacle is before you right now in your life? What is right in front of you presently or in the very near future? What are you dealing with? What is the struggle of your life? What is the upcoming battle of your life? So we know that life 
if you really summarize it, it's a struggle. It's tribulation. And it is a battle, and life is a test. There are problems in front of us, obstacles we must overcome, difficulties that we all face. So we've been told, a lot of us, that life is easy, and it's not. You know, we ought to raise our children, uh, life's not easy, it's going to be tough. I, re I reached the conclusion a long time ago, raising our daughter, that my job is to prepare her for the real world. Amen. The real world. And the real world is not easy. It's going to be a struggle. And you're not doing them a favor by pampering them and babying them. You should realize to train them up in the way they should go. So when they're old, they'll not depart from it, is to prepare them for life. And what is life? It's a fight. You must overcome. So there are those who overcome and those who are overcome. There's only two types. So we can't overcome. That's the good news. The Bible says God is the way maker. When there's not a way, He can make a way. When it seems impossible, all things are possible to him that believeth. So it will not be easy. There are no shortcuts. And we need to remind ourselves of this. You do it God's way, the right way, or you will be overcome. Right. Now, in today's world, you know, this started when I was a kid, you know, fast food. Uh, when, when would you like that? Yesterday. Uh, my way right now. Uh, fast food. And uh, I remember when, first time this really hit me, you could take your 35 millimeter film through a drive-through and draw. I said, what is this? This is a, what is this weird thing? Uh, and then they had drive-through weddings. You know, that'll, how long is that one going to last? In Las Vegas, drive-through. But um, convenience stores, get your food in five minutes or less or it's free. Um, what's the quality of that going to be? How long was it sitting under the heat lamp? Had to be real quality. Uh, quick dry, you know, everything's quick and fast. You can refinance, get out of this, file chapter 11, whatever the situation is. Everybody's looking for a shortcut, it seems. Everybody's looking for an easier way, but the true life, you know, the, the Bible says that we're to overcome the curse of the, on the world by the sweat of our brow. There's a, there's a hidden blessing in sweat. Excuse me, perspiration. Uh, you ought to work hard, and you ought to seek to overcome. So when you think about an obstacle in front of you, there, there are four ways to look at this by way of introduction, very simply. Number one, you can just quit. You can stop. So here's something in front of you. You have to overcome it, or it will overcome you. That's the only two options we have. You can just stop. That's what a lot of people do. And so when you become a quitter, it becomes a part of your character. And we ought to do our best, finish what you start, unless it's the wrong thing, finish what you start. Don't let your children be quitters. Don't be a quitter. Most, a lot of people, they'll just stop. Is it working out for me? I know the solution. I quit.
Number two, obstacles in front of you. Turn back. So some people just stop. The other people go, oh, if this is in the way, well, I'm going the other way. And this is what a lot of people do. They, they look for something other than overcoming the obstacle. I'll find some way to change something. I'll stop or turn back or I'll go another way. This is God's way, which is straight and narrow. I'll just try to find another way. The third way is to go around it. And, and uh, this is what a lot of people do. Rather than facing it, this is what I have to deal with. I'll just go around it. So they avoid it. They procrastinate. They sweep it under the rug, so to speak. They go around it. So number four, the only right way is to go through it. And when I mean to go through it, you overcome it. So you can't stop. You can't turn back. You can't find another way. You can't go around it because um, it's still there. The problem is still there. Uh, the obstacle, you have to overcome it. You have to go through it. So we have several examples of this. When God delivered Israel from uh, the Egyptian bondage, approximately 400 years, they were slaves in Egypt. God parted the Red Sea. They went through it. They overcame it. When they came to the Jordan, they went across it on dry ground. They didn't try to stop. They didn't go back. They didn't find another way. They just pressed on and they went through it. But we live in a day of uh, this apostate, cheap, fake Christianity that if you can't beat them, join them. You know, uh, join their team. If you can't beat the Eagles, join the Eagles. You know, somebody's got to overcome something. I don't know who it's going to be. So they've got one foot in the world, one foot in the church. The old saying, the church is so worldly, you can't tell the difference. And, and this is what it's become. And then it's, well, let's just let everybody in, overlook our differences, even fundamentals of the faith, and incorporate different cultures and things into the church. Now, for most people, they love the world. And the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 1 John 2, 15. One of my famous verses, or famous, favorite verses, you know, I've always thought about that, coming out of the world, what I got saved from, I can't love it, and I can't be a part of it, and if you do, you're not saved. Now, it didn't say you can love the world, but you, the love of the Father, no, if you love this world, you are of the world, and you're lost. You should seek to do what? Overcome this world, because God has called you out of this world to heaven to be like Christ. Why is it that your average professing quote-unquote Christian is right at home in this world? They're right at home. There's no problems. You talk to certain people and they'll say, I'm good. I don't want any help. I don't need a miracle. I don't need a chain. I don't need the power of faith to overcome this world. I'm pretty good right where I'm at. But true grace, according to 2 Corinthians 12, when Paul was given the thorn in the flesh, 
He prayed three times. God said, I'm not removing it. This is my will for you to keep you humble because knowledge puffeth up. He said, my grace is sufficient. And a lot of times we misinterpret that. Doesn't mean he gave him grace to uh, go around it. No, he gave him grace to go through it, to deal with it on a daily basis. If you look at the parable of the sower of the seed in the kingdom, the evil birds steal the seed who build their nest in the tree of the kingdom. That's birds of the world. They come in, evil spirits steal the seed. Then the cares of this life chokes out the word of God and the persecution of people who mock and ridicule those who make a profession for Christ. All of that is about one thing. They could not overcome the world. They could not overcome the world. The question tonight is, are we an overcomer? Are we going to be overcome by this world, or will we, by faith, which is the victory, overcome the world? You know, Brother Howe said this a long time ago. Life, if you summarize, it's a struggle. You know, we as uh, humans created in the image of God. We're one, the only ones who have to struggle even to walk. You know, if you've ever seen a deer born or a calf, you know, they're up and walking pretty quick. And we have to learn how to crawl first, then stand up, fall down a bunch of times, bump our head, skin our knee. You know, we, we have to go through this process. Why? Because we need to learn to overcome. It's a, it's a process of learning, and you're never going to learn if you don't commit, and then you commit to what? The struggle, the battle, the obstacles, and all of us are dealing with this right now. We, we face the battle on three fronts, the world, the flesh, and the devil. But what must we overcome? It's the world. You don't overcome your flesh. You have the works of the flesh. So what do you do? You yield to the Spirit, according to Galatians 5, and the fruit of the Spirit overcomes the works of the flesh. And you don't overcome the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And according to Revelation 12, we, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. The devil's already defeated if you'll take it. And you, you overcome the lust of the flesh by the fruit of the Spirit. But we live in this world where we're to use it, not abuse it. And we are to be in it, but not of it. And it is the main thing we must overcome. You know, your average person does not think this way. Think about it. If you're conversing with the person, you're trying to talk about eternity, you're trying to get them to understand they're under condemnation, they've sinned against God. Yes, they've sinned, but what's the real problem? The world. They've got to overcome this world. We live in this world. We stand on the earth, but the, the cosmos of the world system that is in direct opposition to God. This is the real battle. We'll battle it 
until we die. But faith is the victory. Praise the Lord that overcometh the world. Now, I want to read you, uh, before we go on here, this is a real interesting passage. In 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 19, it's talking about false prophets. 2 Peter 2 verse 19, it says, While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome of the same is he brought into bond, in bond. So if you're overcome by the world, you're a slave to the world. If the world overcomes you, you're a slave. You think like the world, you look like the world, you dress like the world, you have the world's spirit, you are of it because you're overcome by it. And then verse 20, if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse than uh, with them than the beginning, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is returned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Now, we know doctrinally this applies to Jews during the tribulation. This doesn't apply to us doctrinally. We're saved by grace through faith. We have eternal security. Praise the Lord. But there's a principle here that if someone was delivered and they go back to that which had overcome them before, and then they get the victory, but then they go back. You can see that the bondage is more powerful. Uh, very difficult to get somebody back to where they were if they return and eat their vomit and they go back to the mud, start wallowing in it. You know, Brother uh, Roloff always used to say, you can get a pig, you can bathe it, you can perfume it. You can uh, curl its eyelashes. If it's a female pig, you can put a real pretty pink bow on its tail and then let it go. What's it going to do? It's going to go right back to the mud because that's what pigs do. And that's what dogs do. They eat their own vomit. And a lost person is overcome. And so what happens? They become bondage to that which they're overcome. You see it all the time. Um, you know, I've found if, if you go on a certain eating habit and you get the victory for a while, this is just a principle. And then you go back. It's a lot more difficult to get out of it again. It is. You know, you're sleep. Say you're going to get up early every day. You're going to set your alarm. You're going to start reading your Bible, walking with God. Then you don't do that. It's going to be much more difficult if you get overcome by it again. And you see, this happens to a lot of people. You start an exercise program, very hard to start it again. More difficult. I'm not saying it's impossible, but whatever you're overcome by, you're in bondage to it. And the principle is, if God gave you the victory and you go back, you're just turning to your base nature. Now, overcome. The word means to subdue, to conquer, get the victory, 
and a means of success. This is just not getting by. This is total victory. This is conquering the enemy. This is not just winning. This is putting your foot on their stomach and cutting their head off. And, and you know what they say, um, put your foot on their throat. Complete, utter victory. How? Through faith or by faith. Now, so you believe you're born again, you overcome the world. What's the opposite of that? You don't believe you're not born again, the world overcomes you. You're overcoming the world. And sad to say, they don't realize this because they're in spiritual blindness from the God of this world. And things might be going pretty good in the world. You know, how's things going? Pretty good. Business is good. How's your family? Kids are fine. You know how it goes. How's this going? It's always about that. How, how's your kid? How's this or that? Overcome of the world, though. If, you're not, if you don't overcome the, the world, which faith is a victory, then the world has overcome you. So now you're a slave to making money, um, possessions, all these different things. So what is our real opposition? The world, the flesh, and the devil. It's the world. He didn't say you have to overcome your flesh. He didn't say you have to overcome the devil. You have to overcome the world because the whole world lieth in wickedness, which is the seed of Satan, the system that opposes God in your life. Now, how do you do that? You get born again. You either get born again by faith and you overcome the world or you deny and, and doubt or reject or procrastinate and the world overcomes you. There's no other possibilities in this life. And it's sad to me that this is our enemy. The world is our enemy. Shouldn't hobnob, shouldn't buddy up, shouldn't... You shouldn't try to capitulate. You shouldn't try to please the world's crowd. This is the enemy. And once you're saved and born again and you overcome the world, then what happens? Then you'll begin to recognize worldliness and you overcome different types of worldliness because you don't love it. You don't love it. So the truth is, God has special blessings and promises to the overcomers. Special blessings that those who, do, who are overcome by the world will never be the recipient. John 16, I love it. Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. So what are you facing tonight? What is before you Financial trouble, trouble, legal problems maybe, a health issue. Maybe it's a relationship situation. Um, whatever it is, something's coming up, a battle. You must overcome. First of all, what is the attitude adjustment? Be of good cheer. And it, it didn't say God will give you cheer. He said use your free will to be of good cheer. I realize this. I have good cheer. 
Why? Christ has overcome the world. And because Christ overcome the world, He said we can overcome the world uh, and faith is the victory. Now, this denotes, think about it, the odds are against us. This isn't where we're playing an evenly matched team. You know, when they give you the pregame and they look at the different, you know, different aspects of the game, they say quarterback pretty much matches up, running back game, how's their offensive, how's their blocking schemes, you know, how's their pass blocking, how's their rush defense, how's the secondary, all these things. This isn't evenly matched. That's not overcoming. The, the whole concept of the word is the odds are against us. We ought to lose. You know, you know, and I'm not saying with Christ, but you cannot overcome the world. It's the world. It's you against the world. You know, I hear people, it's me against the world. And it is. Sounds tough, doesn't it? Well, you better get tough. It's me against the world. It's you against the world. How do you overcome it? By faith. Now, I want to read you another passage here in uh, 1 John 2, and uh, well-known, look at verse 13. So 1 John 2 and verse 13. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because you are strong and the word of God abideth in you and ye have overcome the wicked one. So the wicked one is the devil and he is the God of this world. And if you're born again, faith is the victory. The question is, do we believe that? Easier said than done. This, and so notice once again, this is not mildly evil. The wicked one. We have, to, we have overcome the wicked one. We are outnumbered. Think about it. The world. You against the world. Think about that. You and me against the world. So this is strongly connected, I realize, doctrinally to the tribulation. We will be raptured, praise the Lord, we'll already be in heaven. This largely applies to the saints who will have to endure to the end and have their head cut off and not take the mark of the beast to be saved and endure to the end. But the Bible gives us promises that have spiritual principles that apply to the church age. Revelation 2.7 To him that overcometh I will give the right to eat of the tree of life. If they overcome. To him that overcometh Revelation 2.11 uh, They shall not be hurt of the second death. If you overcome. It's what's conversely. If you, don't, if you don't overcome you will be destroyed by the second death. Revelation 2.17, to him that overcometh, he will give right to eat of the hidden manna, and he will give him a white stone. Revelation 2.26, he will give power over the nations. Think about it. Not just the world, the invisible world, power over the nations. Revelation 3.5, will, you will be clothed in white raiment. 
and he will not blot your name out of the book of the living. Revelation 3.12 uh, says, he, Will I make a pillar in the temple of my God? This is amazing. Revelation 3.21 He will grant them to sit with me in my throne. If you overcome, and faith is the victory that overcometh the world. Revelation 21.7 They shall inherit all things. Now, I've said this in the past. There's no way to add up all the riches of the resources of the planet Earth. But we will be joint heirs with Christ and inherit all things that will make the Earth look poor. That's how great the inheritance will be. So look at these extraordinary odds. The world. Think about that. The world. You know, not just your own flesh. Not just your co-workers on the job. Not just the financial system of the world. Not just the way the world works and buying and selling and power struggles and chain of commands, all these different things. All the nations of the world. All the system of the world. You know, a lot of people can't even overcome the weather of the world. They're afraid of it. They can't overcome the seasons of the, well, it's pretty good weather. I won't be coming to church for a while. They can't overcome that. They can't overcome a little financial setback. Woe is me. Pity party. They can't overcome some trouble, uh, disagreement, maybe in their marriage or with a co-worker on the job, whatever it is, or with the government. They, they have all these excuses to fail. Now, what did we say in the beginning? You have to have a good spirit and an attitude. I am an overcomer. I can do this. Not pride by the grace of God. Faith is the victory that overcometh the world. I can do this. Now, put, put yourself in a predicament where it's overwhelming odds and it's almost mathematically impossible to win. You know, I know it's possible. With God, all things are possible. But just think about it. You're in a golf tournament. It's on the final round. And you're behind by 10 strokes, if you know anything about golf. It's possible. But all those guys are going to have to totally choke and you're going to have to make some amazing shots. It's possible. You can overcome. That's, that's not even close to how difficult the battle is to overcome the world. I mean, this would be like being in the Super Bowl. You're behind by 14, and there's three minutes to play. Now, you can win. It is possible. But... Very unlikely. Now, we're up against the world. Think about that. We take life for granted sometimes. This is the world. We are up against the world. You think about a military campaign. Outnumbered six to one. They have better weaponry. That's what we're up against. 
it's like a track race where you're coming around in the 440 around the final turn and the pack's up ahead of you and you twisted your knee and you're seeing cinders fly and you're way back there and you better turn it on quick if you want to win. I mean, we are up against the world. So God, praise the Lord, is in the business of giving us the victory against all overwhelming odds that are beyond our control. So, if, if we could solve the problem with our money, we wouldn't need God. If we could solve the problem with our intellect, we wouldn't need God. If we could solve the problem with our family resources and capital, we wouldn't need God. If we could solve the problem with our own might and strength and not saying uh, or giving in to temptation, we wouldn't need, need God. But the battle is the Lord's. And He wants us to give Him all the glory. And you're not going to be able to give Him the glory if you first don't recognize this is the world. The, how many people have you seen just get eaten up by this world? How many people have you seen sell out to this world and capitulate and compromise everything they know that's right or wrong and just give in and basically cry uncle and surrender to the world? How many people? Almost all of them. Almost all of them in every church in America. Almost all of them in every Baptist church in America. They are not overcoming the world. Now, it's very easy, on the other hand, to overanalyze and to dig in too deep and with your own mindset be overwhelmed by the circumstances of life because the more educated you are, the more you know, and then the more you realize the overwhelming odds. You know, a lot of people are just gullible and naive and they don't even think it's a big deal. The more you know, though, look, look what's against you. Look what is against even like a small town like this in a small county full of cliques and it's a lot of who you know and uh, people that can blacklist you and, and try to do things to you and they want you to get in with their little group so they you scratch my back, I'll scratch your. Look, look what's going on and, and in your own family. You know, I've seen it a lot, family reunions, they, they get together, it's invisible and they're trying to, will you come over to our side? You know what it's like. It, it, this happens all the time and it's a power struggle but when there's not a way, praise the Lord, He makes a way. Faith is the victory. Now, if, if we've overcome the world by, through being born again, re regenerated, our spirit being brought back to life, we're baptized into the body of Christ according to the one spirit baptism, now our body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are members of the body of Christ. If we've overcome the world, God wants you to go out and overcome whatever you're dealing with right now. I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter who it is. doesn't matter how big it is. We can overcome. 
But what stops the victory? Lack of faith. Lack of faith. When we capitulate with a defeatist mentality and we just accept these failures, problems, we're defeatist in our mindset, we have unbelief, we're not going to see this happen in a practical, day-to-day -day way to where I was facing this situation and God overcame. This was a battle right before me and God let me overcome it. This was so great, I didn't see a way out. I did not have the power of the resources, but I believed God that He's going to give me the victory. And let me tell you what He did for me. Let me tell you how he healed so-and-so. Let me tell you how God provided miraculously. Let me tell you how God made a way when there was no way. And it's all about be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knee. Don't have a hunchback and walk around with a bowed head. I'm not saying to be proud, but... We have the victory. Now, the greatest test is, is when you can't see the answer. And you know God's able. You know, and I, I say this, I'll pray and I'll say, Lord, I know that thou art so great. If thou wouldst but speak it, it's going to happen. Now, I'm not putting you on trial, and there's a reason, but all you have to do is say it and it's going to happen. Why isn't it happening? Because he didn't speak it. Because <laughs> if he spoke it, it's happening. But if you know that, see here's what I'm saying. If you know that and you have faith in the power and the omnipotence and the, the love of God and the omniscience of God, he knows everything, then now you have a test with your own mind and your own heart because you know God, all he has to do is speak it. You prayed it and you asked him by faith, nothing wavering, and then you're saying, wondering why isn't it happening yet because the just shall live by faith he can do whatsoever he wills but faith is the victory that overcometh the world and God wants us to have an overcoming spirit and a mentality that no matter how big the odds are stacked against you think about it you know think about somebody right now on a limited budget which we all are and with inflation, and you even have to think, is it worth driving somewhere? And I have to think that way. You know, I think about it. I don't, I'm not wasting my money. To, you have to think about it. It costs too much. It costs too much. And then you think about the daily necessities of life. And things we used to take for granted, now it's a pretty big deal because it's expensive. Now, we had a little brass valve go out with a float valve that, uh, you know, lets the water come into a water trough for the animals, and it went out. And I used to could buy those for $24. I remember plainly. And I went and bought, it was 52 bucks. I'm, and, and I like to show my wife, I'll say, this is what I make. I just spent this percentage of my monthly income on that. I just spent this percentage of what I make on this one purchase. 
I have to think that way. And then I think, was that worth it? Is that a good one? I mean, I only have so much. You know, think about it. This is where we're at. But how are we going to get through? God will make a way. There may, we may not see the way, but there's a way. Because faith is the victory that overcometh the world. Now, think about this. This is odds overwhelming. This isn't, a, for instance, a child that was raised with normal parents who loved each other and trained them up in the way they should go. This is like a child who was abandoned and sold into slavery and lived on the streets, and now they've got to face the world all on their own. This is overwhelming odds. This isn't somebody who was brought up in church and taught the Bible from the nursery and grew up in Sunday school in a Bible-believing church. This is somebody who was raised by an atheist out there in the world, and they, don't, they, weren't, they didn't have the advantages or the opportunity of somebody else. Overwhelming odds. That's what it's like. The world versus you. This isn't like you, run, you, you get up to the starting line of a race and every, it's fair. Everybody's at the starting line. No. You're 20 or 30 yards back and you've given them a 20 to 30 yet, uh, yard head start. That's how overwhelming the odds are. Now, we have the opportunity to overcome the world by faith. And faith is the victory that overcometh the world. So it doesn't matter how bad it looks, how overwhelming the odds, how far we have to go, how difficult the obstacles. We can overcome. And it's all based upon, and to conclude, once again, to remind you, your attitude. Your attitude. Will you be of good cheer? Do you see obstacles as an opportunity? Or do you see obstacles as a reason to be defeated? If life was easy, we'd just go through life. But when there's an obstacle, you say, God's going to have to do something here. God's going to have to do something because I can't do this on my own. So then we move on to the worldliness. Worldliness. God showing us the worldliness, the worldly trends, the styles, the fashion, the lingo, the ways, the priorities, the values, the lifestyle, worldliness. God wants you to overcome that. Same way that you overcame it, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Now, how do you know this will happen? Because it told us in the text, you'll love the brethren. You will love the brethren who do not love the world. So the brethren that has overcome the world, you will love them. They will love you. And conversely, all those worldly churches that are worldly, that love the world, they love it. They love it. And they can't comprehend somebody who doesn't love the world like them and that would draw a line and say, come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord of hosts, touch not the unclean thing. They can't relate to that. So, 
I ask you once again, we're through. Could it be tonight, you know, do you have an obstacle? I do. Do you have an obstacle? What is coming up in your future that is overwhelming odds? Maybe you have legal issues, and how are you going to deal with it? I mean, I'm not a lawyer. How am I going to deal with this? How am I going to deal with this financial trouble I'm having? How am I going to deal with uh, a physical problem? How am I going to deal with? How am I going to deal with the fighting the devil and trying to win the lost and staying true to God? How am I going to do this? Very simple. Faith is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. And there are special blessings to overcomers. Conversely, there are special blessings withheld from those who are overcome. And why are you overcome? Because your spirit sustained the infirmity. You had a bad attitude. You know, and you'll start saying feeling sorry for yourself, whiny, mopey, defeat. Then it goes into their posture. They can't even, you know, so you can see it. You know, no spring in the step, no smile. They're not facing the world. Overcome. So, if we love the brethren, it's evidence we have overcome the world. Why? Because they've overcome the world and we love those who've overcome the world. And the ones who haven't, there's always a sponge or a magnet of the worldly people who can't handle the real thing. Don't ever forget that. It's a soul magnet of world lovers. And they just, they fit right in. You know what I'm talking about. All right. So I read it again. Who is he that overcometh the world? but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Think of that. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith.